Extraterritorial? Not quite for the Lanham Act. The U.S. Supreme Court recently decided that trademark infringement claims under the Lanham Act only apply if the infringing use in commerce occurs in the United States. This is what we will be discussing on this installment of The Briefing. We talked about the facts of this case, Avatron Austria versus Hectonic International, and the holdings of the lower courts on an earlier episode of The Briefing. So Tara, why don't you give us a quick reminder of the facts and how this case came before the U.S. Supreme Court? Sure. Hectronic International is a U.S. company that manufactures radio remote controls used to operate heavy-duty construction equipment. Avatron, the defendant, distributed Hectronic's products in Europe. When the distributor relationship ended, Avatron then started manufacturing their own products that were identical to Hetronic's products and that included the Hetronic trademark. The defendant sold their products with the Hetronic branding in Europe, so Hetronic sued Avatron. A jury in the Western District of Oklahoma awarded Hetronic over $100 million in damages most of which tied to the defendant's trademark infringement based on sales outside of the U.S., as 97% of the defendant's sales were made in foreign countries by foreign companies to foreign customers for use in foreign countries. On appeal to the Tenth Circuit, the defendant, Avatron, insisted that the Lanham Act's reach for trademark infringement doesn't extend to their conduct because their conduct generally involved foreign defendants making sales to foreign consumers. And now the Supreme Court has remanded the case and held that liability for trademark infringement under the Lanham Act extends only to infringing use in commerce in the United States. So a little background. The Lanham Act governs federal trademark and unfair competition laws and disputes. It imposes liability on any person who uses in commerce any colorable imitation of a registered mark or any person who uses in commerce any words, false descriptions, or false designations of origin that is likely to cause confusion or to deceive as to the affiliation, origin, or sponsorship of any goods. The act defines commerce broadly as all commerce which may be lawfully regulated by Congress. In the U.S. Supreme Court's holding, the Supreme Court focused specifically on the use in commerce language in the Lanham Act in holding that use in commerce must occur in the United States in order to constitute trademark infringement under the Lanham Act. That's right. The focus on use in commerce is different than the holdings that some of the other federal circuits have taken on the extraterritorial application of the Lanham Act. Some federal circuits looked instead to whether the foreign activities of foreign defendants have a substantial effect on U.S. commerce. In fact, the only other Supreme Court case that addresses extraterritorial application of the Lanham Act also discussed the effects of the alleged infringement on U.S. commerce. That case is Steele versus Bolivar Watch Company, and that case was decided way back in 1952. In that case, Steele, a Texas individual, procured component parts from the United States and Switzerland and then assembled those parts into watches in Mexico City and then sold those watches in Mexico and branded them Bolivar. 
The Boulevard Watch Company's Texas sales representative received numerous complaints from retail jewelers in the Mexican border areas of Texas, whose customers brought in for repair defective Boulevard watches. But upon inspection, it often turned out that the watches weren't Boulevard watches at all. The Supreme Court held that Steele's activities were covered by the Lanham Act and looked to the impact of Steele's activities on U.S. commerce. So here, the U.S. Supreme Court made sure to distinguish the Abitron case from the Steele case in its recent decision. The court clarified that the Steele case implicated both domestic conduct and likelihood of domestic confusion, as compared to the Abitron case, where 97% of sales were made in foreign countries to foreign buyers for use in those foreign countries. This case will have broad implications for U.S. companies that sell products overseas, and best practices will probably lead to registration of trademarks in strategic international jurisdiction. And it seems like this case would also raise concerns for foreign companies who sell products online in the United States. That's right, Scott. And actually, Justice Jackson wrote a concurring opinion on that point suggesting that use in commerce in the United States would not necessarily require a company to be physically present in the U.S. That makes sense. And it falls in line with how the federal uh, courts have been uh, applying jurisdiction based on the active-passive website test. Uh, that, that test is where a company has a website and that website is active while they may not have a physical presence in a particular location. If the website is active, and if consumers or users from that jurisdiction have visited that website, then that company with that website website may be found to have prevailed themselves of the jurisdiction of that particular state for the purposes of being hailed into court. So it makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think it's a tricky line for the Supreme Court to walk here because we are, after all, in the internet age where there is a fair amount of counterfeiting uh, activities relating to goods, but at the same time, there's a lot of companies that operate internationally and they need to be able to protect and police their marks and goods that they sell around the world. Right. I mean, to be honest, Hectronic could have... Um avoided all of this by registering its trademarks in the territory in which it had a distributor relationship with Abitron. Uh, there wasn't any reason for Hectronic not to have registered the trademarks in those foreign jurisdictions where Abitron was selling its products as a distributor. Uh, we represent, this firm, as you know, represents a number of companies that do business internationally, and it is standard practice uh, to register trademarks in foreign jurisdictions where those companies do business. Uh, I think to do otherwise, well, it just sets uh, the company up for problems later on. And that is even more true now after the U.S. Supreme Court's recent holding. Thanks so much for talking with me about this today, Scott. Well, that wraps it up for this installment of The Briefing. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in more content like this, well, we have over 100 episodes for you to choose from. And if you would, please subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel and leave us a comment if you'd like.